the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome to Summertime in the City. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We're post-July 4th. I say we're the back half of the year. What a year, right? 2020. I think this is the year that Kobe Bryant died. It's been a strange year, has it not? Um, COVID, now we're getting into election rhetoric. Uh, it's I'm not going to say the word roller coaster. Roller coaster. Do, 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 do. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, let's get right into it. Global stocks are rallying today on economic optimism. The news on COVID over the weekend again continues to be grim for areas open back up. Um, but that's not everywhere in the world. That's just the news we're hearing about the United States. We'll talk a little bit about that. Wall Street uh, today returned from a long weekend. Don't know about you, but it was nice to have Friday off. Did I celebrate the 4th of July? Mm, A little bit. Those of you who know me on Facebook know what I'm talking about. I know you're saying Facebook. I would have thought, FYI, Facebook was the next company to march towards a trillion dollar valuation after Apple and Amazon. And Amazon's still rolling higher as far as price targets. Um, Wall Street says, hey, Amazon could go another 20% higher before earnings. One analyst is calling for a 20% move in the next 90 days or about the next 70 days. That's nuts. That's good times. Um. Economic data is helping the world right now. The Shanghai Composite surged to its highest level in over five years. The Hang Seng Stock Index up 4%. As a front-page editorial in China's state-run securities journal said a healthy bull market after a pandemic is now more important to the economy than ever. The government is taking out ads saying, hey, a healthy stock market shows you how great our economy is. Uh, Vote red, vote red. It's not the healthiest messaging that when your leaders say, focus on the stock market, <laughs> that wouldn't fly. Well, a, Trump tries to pull it a little bit, right? Hey, we've got a great stock market. I'm a great president. You get the idea. Um, Germany reported a 10.4% gain in new manufacturing orders, which was an awesome number. Typically, you want numbers like Goldilocks and it'd be 2% is a little slow, 3%, is a little too hot, and 3% is just right. So when you see numbers like 10%, you're like, holy mackerel, that's a big number. But Germany's manufacturing index is still down 29% year over year. So states opening up 
um, states containing the coronavirus. Um, we're paying attention to the big ones. We tend not to go oh, look at what's happening in Delaware and Maine. States containing over half the U.S. population now meet one or more. I'm sorry, one or none of the Center of Disease Controls and Prevention's recommended uh, data for reopening. So we keep talking about like the economy getting back to where it was pre-2020, pre-COVID, 2019. Whatever number you want to use or whatever idea you want to use in your head, we keep talking about that concept, right? And yet we have too many states that are dealing with us. And again, I've seen some crazy editorials, people saying, you know, common flu, common cold kills more people than this. You know, oh, and by the way, uh, typhoid kills more people than this. Oh, by the way, bed bugs kill more people than this. And I don't care where you shake out or where you don't. Your understanding of science or not understanding of science, your understanding of flu is not understanding of flu. It has no bearing on me. Um, but we're still wearing masks and there's still mandates and some people still don't feel comfortable traveling so we're still not where even close where we would been so that's in the news that we have to start thinking um we're planning forward we're we're it's almost for better for worse it's almost damn the torpedoes as a nation individual states individual pockets i think we see things differently but i'm not gonna get into that uber shares are up six percent they announced they're going to acquire a company called Postmates for $2.6 billion. A much larger acquisition failed to get through Grubhub. Uber couldn't quite show the United States Securities and Exchange Commission that they could do a merger without becoming too powerful with Grubhub. Um, they need to get rid of the competition. Uber's got great underlying technology. They've got a great brand, better than Postmates, better than Grubhub, better than DoorDash. They've got a great name, Uber. So they need to get rid of the competition at this point in time because they can't raise prices until they do. And it can't be more profitable. And then at, after that point, more profitable. Yes, they'll be able to open up new businesses and probably expand internationally again and get back into different various things that have failed for them. So Uber's in the news today. Berkshire Hathaway announced that it's going to buy Dominion Natural Gas's assets worth $10 billion. It's the biggest move from the Omaha of uh, the Oracle of Omaha or the Omaha of Oracles. No, no, no. The Oracle of Omaha. His first major acquisition of the coronavirus. <coughs> Warren Buffett is the best. If I can go back in time, a lot of people would be like, oh, if I, I wish I had a daddy. My daddy would be <coughs> just like you. Or if I had a daddy, my daddy would be Babe Ruth. If I had a daddy, I wish my daddy was an astronaut. I wish my daddy was Warren Buffett, not because he was worth so much money and I could have been lined up for life. Nah, that's the man. Like, he, he strikes an interesting patriarchal figure for Wall Street. So he's buying a gas company, a natural gas asset. So you're like, why? He's buying it when the market's down and demand's down. He insists on value. So he's giving you the roadmap. Of if you want to be like me, this is what I'm doing right now. I don't think you're gonna quite pull that off, but notice he's not saying, "Hey, I want to buy Facebook," or "I like a 20% position in Amazon." 
me, I don't know, but you get the idea, right? Tesla's up new, up big again. A bullish note out of JMP Securities Electric Car Maker appeared to mock short sellers over the weekend. Guess what Tesla is selling now on their website? Yes, yes, yes. We know that they sell a lot of merchandise on Tesla hats. Yes, yes, yes. We know that they once th- uh, sold a flamethrower, which, again, I forget the tie towards electric cars. Maybe we're roasting the planet or something like that. I don't quite remember. But now Tesla's selling red silky boxer shorts as a way of mocking the people who said, well, I think Tesla can go to zero. There is one analyst who used to say that, and um, he wasn't crazy. What he was doing was he was too mathematical, just looking at the math. Long story short, Tesla's making fun of people who bet against the stock. That's not the best thing you ever get from a CEO, you know, pick on people when they're down. You'd kind of want a more patriarchal role for Elon Musk. But Elon will be Elon. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. It's good to be here. Happy post 4th of July. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Big webinar coming up. You could still sign up for, but it is going to sell out. It's for people who are heading into retirement. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you ever want to talk about, we could talk about. I'm trying to talk less COVID science and face masks. And I'm trying to talk more something totally else, like here's the top 20 things you need to do in order to get to retirement. Number one on that list is have a plan. What's in that plan is number two, have goals. Number three is that – or number two is that, that plan on how do you fund those goals. I think at one point in time, my my goal was to find a woman to settle down with and marry and live happily ever after. I don't think I was one of those teenage kids or young adults who was like, oh, I have to have a child that looks just like me or I don't want a child. I want to live with my wife for the rest of my life and travel the world. No dogs, no strings attached, just me and her in love. I don't know. But along the way, my goals changed where it went from just a spouse to kids. And then it goes to, I'd like them to have a better life than I did. And then it goes to, I'd like them to, and you start like adding some expenses onto it, right? Which is really funny because I think most kids are pretty happy with like boxes and yet we ha- we think we have to get them plastic toys. But that's another conversation that comes out of me, say come Christmas time, don't spend too much money on holiday gifts. Um, I've regretted it my whole life. Anytime I've gotten kind of speculative, like, oh, I bet I'm going to show up at the Christmas party this year at work with a, a roasted turkey. And like, oh, I didn't have to do that. I could have just blended in, right? That's a psychological approach to money. Do you let money impress people? Do you use it to be the life of the party? You may have a bit of a problem. Regeneron Pharmaceuticals said today it's starting a phase three clinical trial for its investigational 
do double antibody. I, I know I get tripped up on biotech names and it's and any words over 20 letters long I get tripped up on. But Regeneron Pharmaceutical said it's going to play around with phase three clinical trial for its investigational double antibody cocktail for the treatment and prevention of COVID-19. I'm going to put on the scientist hat here and I'm going to show you how stupid I am. Something like Regeneron said, yeah, typically we see four antibodies and they're about 10% in a human that has already had COVID-19 and uh, the coronavirus. So if we can get something similar to those antibodies at maybe higher rates, we're stoked. And that's what they said they've got so far. So you only need a certain percentage of antibodies to that specific virus and a certain amount, and they're, it looks like they're doing well. I don't know. That's as far as I go. My name is not Dr. Black. Dr. Black, MD, medical doctor, stock investor. No. <clears throat> Uber up 8.7% agreeing to acquire the unprofitable Postmates, again, this is a business lesson. Acquire the competition and shut them down. Acquire the competition, and maybe Postmates was really popular in Seattle. You suddenly get a stronger market. Why are you acquiring them? They're losing money. You're doing it for a reason. I think ultimately Uber's got a great brand name. Uber and Lyft, and I, I think I like Uber a little bit more as far as what comes to my mind when I think about it. Lyft, I'm like, yeah, they kind of have a random fleet of drivers. Uber, I'm like, yeah, they got a lot of black cars. Like, anyway, I'm digressing. <coughs> and it's never a good thing to digress. Um, so China's Shanghai composite soared 5.7%. And it was attributed to, that's a big move in one day. Like, that's waking up and going, hey, I guess the market ate their Wheaties. <clears throat> I know that's an odd, odd draw. <laughs> It would be like Michael Jordan, got to eat your Wheaties, better eat your Wheaties. Um, but a state media source said that the scene has been set for a healthy bull market in China. Could you imagine if our government were to write an article in the New York Times written by the government, the Treasury Department, or the Department of Commerce, or you know what I'm saying? If they were to just write an article that were like, we have done everything we can to make the stock market attractive for you. Now, please go put your money into the stock market and you will be speculating and create wealth and riches. I kind of like a stock market to be kind of like, man, our economy is red hot. Like <clears throat> if you were to go to Oklahoma or let's say North Dakota, let's say North Dakota, all they have is oil. So the oil drillers up there, you know, what is an oil drilling economy? When you look around, it's. Well, you got guys who wear jeans who get money in oily. You have guys who put together big machines who get money in oily. <clears throat> and then you get into the, like, are the guys that do that kind of work typically, how shall we say, do they really want a five-star Michelin restaurant or do they want an Arby who's, we've got the meat. Um, so you can kind of see the economy around it. And if, if you were working in that economy, um, entertainment, for instance, would be a big one because the guys get a lot of money, a lot of cash, and then they, they burn through it. If you were working in that economy, you'd see, like, this is a great place to be a dancer. This is a great place to be a person who does massages. This is a great place to be a person who makes burgers. 
you could look around and see the economy. I don't want the state telling us, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We are a great economy. Do you not see this? If you do see it as we see it, you should invest. I don't like that. I'd rather people figure it out on their own. But you get the idea. And China's big. So that tells me that's, that's a little speculative. Not horrible, but a little speculative. Stock market is soaring because good news always comes in three. So the Chinese government is one. And that's good news in large part because they have their mechanisms like we have ours, the Federal Reserve. So when the state of China says things look cheap, that's kind of like a good thing. The second good thing that happened over the weekend was Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway buying natural gas pipeline and storage assets from Dominion Energy. When he goes around and sees value, he's saying it's now you could see the white of their eyes. I think that's the assumption here is that like he's being way too quiet. Why is Warren Buffett, one of the richest people in the world with lots of cash who likes to buy when the markets are down? Why is he not buying anything? And then finally we're like, ah, he bought something. And finally, and most importantly, the deaths due to COVID are falling despite a surge in the number of cases. That was one of the nicer things to hear over the weekend is a lot of news being constructed around the idea that um, the mayor of Phoenix came out and said the the people who came to our state between the ages of 20 and 44 are stupid. They're idiots. We reopened the state way too soon. And we saw the the number of, of cases spike from people 20 to 44. People are going out to bars. People are going out in large social gatherings. They said, you know, we made a mistake. Now, the good news is that was last week's narrative where the mayor literally called anyone who came to Phoenix an idiot for doing it. This weekend, we're talking about, well, at least they're not dying as a percentage. So, yes, the herd, the younger part of the herd is getting sick now, but they're not dying is the narrative of the week. And Wall Street likes that. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. This market puts up with a lot, the stock market. And I bring that up because it has been through it all and seen it all. And I still believe in it until proven otherwise. The market has seen World War I, World War II. And I watched that movie on World War One. this COVID experience, this lockdown. 1917, pretty good movie. I want to wait, wait for the sequel, though, 1918. And then there's going to be another sequel, 1919. Dun-dun-sh. I'll be here all week. I know you're saying that was stupid. <clears throat> yes, that was stupid. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. This has been an interesting year because of COVID, but what I was trying to get at is the market has seen more interesting years. World War I, World War II, the war did all wars, Vietnam, Korea. We've seen Nagasaki, Hiroshima. We've seen uh, nuclear meltdowns in Chernobyl, in Three Mile Island, in Japan. We've seen a lot, and the market gets back up again. So I throw that out there. Like I, I care more about stories not – and I'm not saying – I'm not taking away anything when I say this. I care more about stories like you know, uh, will Facebook ultimately fail? Will an advertising boycott wake up the world to the company is profiting on a lot of hate speech? Hey, yeah, Fox TV used to profit a lot of you know, skin. 
Um, I was trying to find a word uh, to say what I wanted to say, but there was a point in time where like, let's, let's get in a shot of a man's naked butt on TV. Let's see if we can get away with that kind of thing. A lot of profits are built on really questionable ethics. So and are we, that's the year that I care more about instead of the year of COVID because the market has seen that. I don't know how the market did in the year of the bubonic plague, but the market's gotten through it. We still do trade. Um, I care more about do we ultimately say let's boycott Facebook until they get, have nothing. And then Facebook turns around and goes, okay, for those of you who uh, don't want to support us through advertising and advertisers pull it, we're going to raise the prices from zero to a dollar a month or $2 a month or 25 cents a month. Do you know if my if if Facebook can do that, how much if they can monetize their user base with another penny here, another penny there, and you're talking about a billion plus people using multiple services of theirs, you're talking about one little penny really goes a long way. And it's the same way Coca-Cola used to be analyzed. Coca-Cola was an American sensation. I'd like to buy the world a Coke. Uh, and we took it worldwide. We took it international. We started seeing commercials of someone in Ethiopia handing a Coca-Cola to someone in China, handing a Coca-Cola to someone in the South Pacific, handing a Coca-Cola to someone in the Pacific Northwest. Like they, That's how they grew their business. It was that, that ability to go international. And the, the phrases out of Coca-Cola in their annual report was, if we could sell one ounce of Coca-Cola, one ounce of Coca-Cola to every person in China, our stock would quadruple. Like one little ounce? Just one teeny tiny? Like, I've been in a desert. I need something to drink. Just one little ounce? A thimble? Yep. So this is a big story. I, th- I think that's a bigger story. Values-based consumerism. In the world of rock, paper, scissors, I love you millennials because you've opened my mind and my wallet to values-based consumerism. I know you're going to say, no way. I think I grew up in a time, or maybe I saw it on a TV show, but I think I grew up in a time where people would throw trash out the windows of their car. And just litter the side of the highway like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just one paper cup or one styrofoam cup. So we do change. And like the values, that's no longer acceptable. So I think value-based consumerism is a story. How about the story of TikTok? India said, no. TikTok has got some Chinese uh, writing on their app. They're from China. We know they're from China. You know they're from – everyone knows they're from China. <clears throat> and Indian has said no. How do you feel about nation-based investing or nation-based business models where we boycott a whole country? Because we know their, their government has been pretty good at hacking and spying on people. So direct-to-consumer brands are a big story with millennials. And the story that the, the company tells the consumer, the direct-to-consumer – will turn millennials on and they'll be like, I really like the idea of social investing. I really like the idea. So the Facebook story is a big one. Consumer values, consumer valueism investing. I think that's a bigger story than COVID in my world of investing. 
Chinese stocks are leading a global stock market rally, even though China's running into some political backlash for essentially wanting to own and control Hong Kong. For whatever reasons, you could look back at the history of China and say uh, England somehow got into Hong Kong and was very imperialistic and they kind of had a wall between them and China. Not literally speaking because the Great Wall of China is somewhere else, but figure of speech. So and people are really upset that they're like saying, "Okay, well, we kind of own these people. (laughs) We kind of get to police them if we want to. Anyhow. That changes a lot of rules right now. So China's um, stock market's doing great, even though they have some PR issues, right? Bank stocks are having a rocky year. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about this. One thing that the Federal Reserve said, you know how I just said, you know, I feel pretty confident that millennials are going to push consumer valueism and, and value-oriented investing, like social values. I think another thing that is another trend out there <clears> – <throat> Well, heck, let's just throw out a couple. America is getting older. As we get older, we consume more pharmaceuticals. Let's do another one. America is becoming less white year over year over year as far as Caucasian goes. Are there opportunities like um, – uh, what's the Spanish? Telemundo. I was trying to think of like the niche areas where we're seeing growth in, okay, ABC, NBC, CBS, one thing you guys do well is speak English, but there's a population in the United States that doesn't speak English terribly well, and let's put on Spanish programming for them. If you even take a look at Netflix, as they've expanded from domestic to international, they've added a lot more shows that are in Spanish or or very, very um, split between U.S. language, uh, English, and Spanish, and the quality of production. Like, you could see it. So another trend that's out there is obviously the growing uh, minority classes and how they're represented in media as well as other areas of our economy. It could be opportunistic. <clears throat> uh, the man who owns black entertainment television, he came up with a genius concept. The person who owned uh, came up with the shopping network came up with a genius content. <clears throat> like, if you're not going to be ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, then be somebody else. And keep in mind, there was once only ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox came along in my lifetime. <clears throat> there was three networks, and then there was a fourth one, and Rupert Murdoch ran it, and he ran it kind of geniusly. He knew he could be ABC, CBS, NBC. He couldn't compete with them on their news. So he came up with, okay, well, let's let's target news. Let's go after one specific group. And he could have gone after African-Americans. He could have gone after old people, the old people's news network. He went after Republicans. In television, when the, the TV network wasn't showing you know, the news, well, Fox did something actually local. They, they went after the 10 o'clock news to become famous, to become a fourth network. Everyone else did you know, primetime TV, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And then news at 11. Fox was the first one that went at 10 o'clock. And they kind of set up local markets to do, hey, in case you have to get out of bed and wake up and see the kids, watch the news early with us. And then when they went national, they, they did Fox uh, News, which was the political bet one. Um, CNBC, Universal, Comcast owns you know a money network. So they said, let's do a money network. So there's a competitor to it, and we'll infuse it with a slightly different style than the way CNBC does it, 
which is slightly different than the way Bloomberg does it. So there's only three players there, in my opinion, Bloomberg, CNBC, and Fox Business. But you could probably say there's some alternatives out there like BBC, but they don't have the level of financial content. So you find trends. What I'm saying is you, you find opportunities to grow faster in the economy. One area that, you know, it gets really easy to make money is, is tied towards interest rates. Um, but low interest rates are not the environment for banks. So Citigroup and Bank of America, I like them very much, but I, I don't own either one directly in large part because interest rates are so low. It's tough for them to make the easy money. Now, for you and me, we can make some easy money. We can borrow easy money, and the banks could loan it to us, but they're getting the processing fees, and like you're like, okay, that's cute. But when interest rates, when there's a bigger gap in them, they could they could make a, a bigger chunk of change. So, the, the the lower interest rates, good for the economy, bad for the easy money for banks. That's good for banks because it keeps the economy going. But the cash flow would be a little bit better. The margins would be a little bit better, is the thought. So, and also with low interest rates, it's implying weaker economies. Weaker economies implies more credit failures. More credit failures means the banks eat it. They lent it to you, let them, you know, we're not going to pay our bills, let them eat the bill. And that's not good for profits either. So you get the idea. I like bank stocks, but not in this environment. You have to find trends. The aging of America, the ideals of the, the millennials. Um, you can intersperse that theory and that, that idea, um, with, you know, oh, I want financially sound companies. I want companies with great product. I want companies that are growth. I want companies that are value, but you got to look at the trends too. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget. There's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you ever want to talk about, we can talk about. I like to refer to myself as maybe your uncle who knows a lot about money and investing to the point of like maybe you're bringing a girlfriend home for Christmas and your girlfriend doesn't know any of your family members and she's like, what's the story with your uncle? Um, the story is he knows a lot about money and he's uh, he's done really well with stocks and he's got, you know – our best interest in estate planning. He can tell us about like what to do when you have kids and how to pay for college. I want to be that guy. And the girlfriend's like, Ooh, sounds like he got a smart one in the family kind of thing. You know, I want to be the smart one who has a little niche, who is comfortable with it. Ask me about, you know, Joe Montana's contract. Was he a value compared to Steve Young? I don't know. Someone out there who's listening right now goes, of course you guys. He went more Super Bowls with less overall cost due to inflation. I'm not a football guy. Warren Buffett's $10 billion natural gas play. I'm always fascinated by Warren Buffett. Buying Dominion Energy. Once the deal closes in the fourth quarter of 2020, Berkshire's Hathaway will gain ownership of 7,700 miles of natural gas, gas pipelines. Pretty boring business. A pipeline, yeah. Every now and then you get these keystone opportunities, or you get the that pipeline is on Indian land, or that pipeline is spilling oil into the soil, and our children are dying. Every now and then the pipeline industry does have some great 
plays. Maybe a movie where Hans Gruber says, I'm going to blow up a pipeline and all of the Americans are going to die. <laughs> Pipelines are pretty boring unless you get something dramatic like I said, you know, uh, Indian reservation, territorial issue, government regulations are high. So Buffett getting into that is telling you he's OK with boring. He's not going to start making natural gas 2.0. We've refined natural gas, and now, believe it or not, humans can fly. No, we're not going to change how we export it or import it. We're not going to change how we store it. It's kind of boring. It's kind of consistent. So he's usually a bargain hunter in market downturns. So he's telling me the bargains aren't in energy stocks, or at least he's hinting, go look in that area. In past downturns, he's bailed out General Electric and Goldman Sachs. He's got a huge investment in. And he gave them an injection of cash, which gave investors an injection of confidence at a time when things were tough. And in lieu of that, he didn't just own the stock. He got some like bonds and some options to own a stock in the future. And like he, he got access to deals that we can't get. But he's still telling me there's, there's some value there in energy. Now, keep in mind, during the downturn, he sold, most notably, his entire stake of airline stocks after – Getting burned by TWA in the 1970s, he avoided airlines in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s. He starts to get back into them. He says, like, yeah, I've given them 30 years. They've fixed their management problems. They've fixed their supply problems. They've fixed their, their routes. They've, they've gone from eight major airlines in the United States to three or four. They've consolidated. So now I'm going to get back in. And then he gets back out. He could have made more money if he waited a month to get back out. But I think he went sour on the sector, and he's usually one to look 5, 10, 15 years down the road. So he could have said, I'm going to buy more airlines. But I think by selling the airlines, what he's telling us is I wanted to raise cash for another area that has more value in it, oil over the next 5, 10, 15 years, or natural gas in this case, energy. I don't know. But – he clearly timed that poorly, but what was the intention behind it is a very good question to be asking yourself because he's not stupid. Little mergers and acquisition, little Uber going out and saying that they're interested in another company, Postmates, and the deal should get done. Wall Street loves because the geniuses at Postmates came up with an idea 10 years ago. Hey, we're going to be like Amazon. We're going to deliver things. Well, Amazon's got the, the CDs and the DVDs. and So they're like, we people like the delivery, so we're going to get in that world. So Wall Street loves it when someone goes out and acquires another company because it shows, hey, we're taking them out for 10% premium or 20%. It shows that there's some value in those stocks. Uber's not buying the stock to lose money. They're buying the stock to lose a competitor who is losing money. They're trying to buy market share. Uh, there's no branded Postmates. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I used to order Postmates and they bring me candy. And like, well, I, when I was a kid, we had to walk to the candy store. Like, there's no value in, in the name. There's no brand. There's no wonderful memory. Jeez, Louise. Um, I woke up at four, did my markets check, saw Shanghai was up huge. I said, that's going to translate well in the United States. You want to hear a confession right now? A Rob Black true confession. I haven't looked at the stock market once today. 
I knew that the Shanghai was going to give us a good open. I knew that the world momentum was tied behind economic openings. The story is already there. I haven't looked at it. Now, I'm going to feel like a butthead. It, oh, it's okay. It's fine. It's up. So my assumption was right. I'm not that – what I'm trying to get at is I don't wake up and eat my Wheaties and like say, hey, I wonder how Apple and Microsoft and Amazon are doing. Guess what? They're all doing great. So I see the Dow is up 1.4%. The SP 500 up 1.5%. The NASDAQ up 2%. Um, NASDAQ plowing ahead. Speaking about plowing ahead, Alexander Hamilton. Wow. Could that Disney not have timed that more perfectly? Spending $75 million. They were going to release it into a movie theater, but now they've said, let's bring it forward because we have everyone staying at home. Let's do a free trial for Disney Plus and end it two weeks before we do Hamilton. So no one could watch it technically for free in theory. I think some people did, but you get the idea. Um, Hamilton delivered a 64% download bump. That's a big fist bump for uh, Disney. Disney paid $75 million for the honor of being the priciest purchase ever for an already finished film. Um, and it paid off them on some numbers. That's a big bump. And that's a more mature audience than typical Disney uh, imaging. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com.